Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain... Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... Say, Rob Beckett. Rob Beckett. And can you say, Josh Widdicombe. Josh Widdicombe. And Michael. Michael. <laughs> well done. I like that. That good, wasn't it? That's a very strong, confident, middle-class family. Well, he's going to start, hey, slags love the pot. Yeah, but that's so, he's um, being sort of post-like laddie culture ironic, isn't it? I've been listening since the start and tried for the past two years to get one of these. Fortunately, my daughter was in a good mood this week and went for it. <laughs> Adding Michael helped. Hope he appreciates the shout out. See you guys in a few weeks, straight after my son's birthday party. Not sure what I'm more excited about. Keep it sexy and relatable. Adam, stiff neck. You were right. 480 months. And Juliana, loose neck, 32 months, living in London. <laughs> he says he's seeing us. He's at the tour, I assume. He's not just going to turn up at our house. Yeah, I, I'd hope so. Josh, you know, I'm sort of like the slightly more. I feel like I'm slightly neurotic at points, but I'm a little bit more laid back at the pair of us when it comes to work commitments, aren't I? I think a little bit is probably um, kind to me. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know if this is going to help your headspace, but I watched that National Lottery BBC musical show. Have you seen that the one Jason Manford hosts? No, no. It's on BBC One. They just do loads of different shows from musicals. So there'll be an arena full of fans oh, of yeah, musicals, yeah. and then he brings them all out like a big sort of package show of different... There was Matilda, all stuff like that. And they did a one- bit like the Royal Variety when yeah. they bring out. Yeah. Manford's there. He sort of obviously sings in the middle. He loves he it. Do you know what? I love Manford. He just loves it. He's up there, he loves quality it. jokes, just banging out a song. See you later. He's so smiley. Anyway, you just made me laugh yeah. how much he was enjoying it. But they did a wide shot of Manchester Arena, and my head yeah. completely went because <laughs> <laughs> I was like. Fucking hell. Look how big it is. We've got to do our show in there. It's mental, Rob. <laughs> it's so big. Like, I've been to Manchester Arena three times and I've seen Radiohead, the Manic Street Preachers and Coldplay. Many laughs? No, absolute pompous bunch of wankers. What's the crowd patter like there between those three? 
I don't remember Radiohead being a laugh. <laughs> if I had to get one of those on the show... Yeah. ...for a laugh, I think the Mannix would be the funniest. Really? I'd say Chris Martin. Anyway, my head completely went, and she went, what's going on? I went, Lou, my head's gone. Look how big that is. She went... Why does it matter to you? And that's that's the <laughs> that's the room me and Josh are doing in Manchester. She went, fuck off. And I went, yeah. And she went, oh yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. That does look scary. Is that not the right answer? You should say, don't worry, it'll be great. So you know they've like we started with three hundred seaters and they've eased it up. There is a slight jump. Yes. So we, we're easing it in, and then we're doing 1,500, and then we go into the one in Manchester, which is 12,000. It's more than 12,000, I think, isn't it? Oh, for fuck's sake. 14,000. Oh, God. Because Barnard Castle was about 100, and then it slowly increased, and then we did Canterbury, which was about 900, and then we're going up to Brighton, which is 1,500. Then it's quite a big jump, isn't it? Because it's the equivalent 10 times the size, isn't it? Yeah, so, it's 10 times the size. So Yeah, it'd be fine, though, wouldn't it? Just more people to laugh, isn't it? Exactly, Rob. More so, people just to more bloody people laugh. To, anyway, so my head A joke through. is a joke, whatever room you're in, Rob. But I think as well, I've not been very well. So you know you feel vulnerable when you're not well. So I had to ring the doctors this morning, Josh, to get an appointment because I've got an infected, I think an infected toenail, which is disgusting, isn't oh, it? Oh, God. I've got a sore toe. And also, I've got this sinusitis that I had before, but I can't get rid of. I think I might have chronic my sinusitis. Got that. You've been my mother-in-law. Well, not recently, no. I've been snogging her chronically. <laughs> <laughs> but I sort of got rid of it. I had antibiotics and it sort of went. And then I went yeah. to Korea. I've just got back from Korea. I was filming in Korea and it got really bad in Korea. And I was basically just like filming and then getting drunk after filming because it was to deal with just the jet lag. stop the pain. Well, more to deal with the jet lag. So like rather than going to sleep at six o'clock and then waking up at 2am, if you go out on a night out, you can sort of have a drink and stay awake. And then the sun has got really bad and it's so far career. It's like seven hours to Abu Dhabi, then 10 hours from Abu Dhabi. And I Googled it and I said, what helps? And I've been working nonstop yeah. recently. And I, I Googled, what helps sinusitis? Like, and he said, you must rest. I was like, well, I'm not really doing that. No flying. <laughs> I've just done 17 hours. No drinking. Just done six pints. <laughs> I was like, no one. I was like, I've done oh, everything mate. wrong. And then obviously it got really bad. Then I had to fly back. And then it got bad again. So I think I might oh, need God. some... Yeah. Among the doctors, Josh, to get an appointment. You have to ring at eight, but I couldn't ring at eight because I was busy. I rang at oh, 8.30 and I managed to get an appointment for five to three yeah. in the afternoon. Yeah, that's good. That was yeah. pretty good, right? And she said, can I take your name? Yep. Yeah. What's the matter? And I said, I've got an infected toe and I've got sinusitis that I just can't yeah. shift. And she went, right. And then I also tried some banter. And she said, that's the worst thing about you. <laughs> no, I went, I've got a sore toe. I've got sinusitis I can't shift. And I've got two small children. Ah, yeah. But I don't think you've got anything that can oh, help yeah. with that. Really nice, yeah. Just a bit of fun. Uh, just a little bit of fun. Absolutely classic dad joke. Oh, absolutely. And I just thought, because doctors, receptionists, they hold a yeah, lot of yeah. power, don't they? And I just thought, let's try and get her on side. I said that, yeah. complete silence. Yeah. To the point where I thought the phone had gone. <laughs> and she went, pardon? Oh, no, don't, said, don't, don't repeat in that situation. And she went, pardon? I went, you didn't. Went, so what was the message? A, a, a poorly toe? I went, yeah, poorly toe. And... So I'm starting to start. No, 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 you didn't. And you didn't. You didn't. Kids. No, he went in again. Yeah, he went in again. What? I mean, and two small kids, but I don't think you've got much to get over. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. And then she said, hmm. I thought oh. you said that. Oh, fuck, no. <laughs> Fucking Nora. <laughs> I know. I went, yeah, 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 yeah. You were right. I did say that. She went, 
Okay, uh, well, I'm going to put down poorly toe because you can't go in for two things. Put down sinusitis. Don't put down poorly toe because you're not a Victorian child. <laughs> no, but I can't walk at the moment. I'm hobbling, so I thought toe... What do you go for? Sinusitis over yeah, toe? Yeah, so are you going to try and sneak in the second one? I think it's easier to sneak in sinusitis because it's more obvious yeah. straight away. If I and go in with sinusitis and he goes, right, okay, and then I'll start taking my socks yeah. off and like, go and have a yeah. look at that. What do you reckon? Yeah, I him? lead with the toe. Poorly, yeah. isn't he? So lead with toe. I go, yeah, I've got a bit of sore toe. I might need some antibiotics also. <laughs> and just go, start sort of coughing I want to talk to you stuff. about my sore toe, but please don't take up the whole appointment talking about this. Please. Yeah, I just say, like, I'm going to quickly tell you about my toe and then in the three minutes left, can we talk yeah. about my sinusitis? Or I'm trying to tell him about the toe, but I'll keep coughing and blowing yeah, my nose. Yeah, that's a good idea. So what's happened to the toe? So I sort of, I cut it a bit on the nail. I caught it on something. And then I've been walking loads and it's sort of irritated a bit. And then when I was filming Romesh, I went for like this, oh God, this traditional Korean scrub. Yeah. I'm not sure about how often that water uh, gets changed in this bath. So I don't know if that's helped it. So I'm in the wars, Josh, but I'm ploughing on. You're doing a lot of walking. I'm doing a lot of walking. Romesh just got in my head, actually, Rob. He said, you've got to do 10,000 steps a day. He said, that's the absolute key. Which is fine. That's the absolute key. Right. He also goes to the gym six times a day now. Does he? Six times, not six times a day, six times a week. That'd be yeah. insane. I was going to say, my 10,000 steps aren't going to help if he's going to the gym. Six, he well, he does everything six times a day. He does telly, different TV shows, <laughs> and the gym. But, but in Korea, Josh, Google Maps don't work. So if you want to find somewhere, it tells you where it is, but it won't tell you how to walk there. Why not? Because of... Only maps are only allowed to be on domestic servers, not international ones, because of North Korea, I imagine. I don't oh, know. Oh, because of North Korea. I had a nightmare. I tried to get the subway because my foot was hurting. I tried to get the tube in Korea. And in Korea, there are no Westerners. It's like proper, there's not much tourism. It's not a huge holiday hotspot soul, is it? Honestly, I saw a ginger man walk past and I did a double take. I was like, what is that? Because <laughs> everyone was just Korean, right? And, did um, you go up to him and go, please help me? Please be my friend. It's weird, actually. So you see a Westerner there, it's a little bit like, hello, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what are we like? What the eh? fuck are you what, doing? What here? are we fucking like in Korea, me and you, <laughs> eh? It was just all Koreans. Ramesh saw one other South Asian person, one Indian yeah. man, gave Ramesh a high five, but he was very um, just Korean. There's not many tourists yeah. there. I tried to get the tube, Josh. It was so stressful. Yeah. Right? I went down there and I'd, I knew what station I wanted to get off and I tried to buy a ticket on my card it wouldn't let me so then I had to go and get cash out but nothing's in English so I'm sort of just guessing at it right yeah because I'm like let's not be British about this let's go out and yeah. explore this new place yeah, let's, yeah. come yeah, on yeah. Rob you yeah, know yeah. sure you've travelled you've been Benadol but now you're inside accept it <laughs> so oh mate so anyway I was really proud of myself so I bought the ticket eventually literally took me 15 minutes got on the subway had to go three stops got off no Wi-Fi because my 3G won't work. And so I got off the train. I thought, right, I found the station. And then everything's in Korean, right? Everyone's Korean. Yeah, bastards. I try- Absolute <laughs> well, bastards. no, but I'm just like, I've got... There is no plan B, Josh. If this ticket yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't work... Anyway, I've bought the right ticket. So I'm like... Yeah. And I put it on the little uh, machine to go through the barriers. And it flashes yeah. green. And I tell you Great. what... When you are travelling somewhere where you know no language and it's not Salvatoris, <laughs> red and green really helps you out. Red and green is the universal go and stop. And it just, yeah. red and green was basically all I had in my locker. Put my ticket on there, my Korean Oyster card thing, and it flashed yeah. green. I went, you've nailed this, Rob. Well done. Go to yeah. go through. Can't. What I've done is I've opened up the barrier next to the one I'm trying to go through. <laughs> So now I've used my ticket up and I've oh, gone no, through, oh, so now no, I can't oh, get 
oh, no. through and I'm panicking. Turn around, everyone's Korean, everyone doesn't want to know. And I'm oh, like, oh God. Then I saw oh, another. Then I saw, on your own? Yeah. Then I saw this little white blonde Westerner come up and I said, hello. She said, hello. And she was German but spoke English. And I said, I've done it wrong. I don't know what to do now because I've put it on here. And she went, what have yeah. you done? And then I showed her. Then as I explained to her, she copied me. I locked her out as well. What? Yeah. No. <laughs> so oh, now we're no. Both oh, no. Oh, my God, Rob. <laughs> I know. And then we're both trying to find someone to help. And then now we're wandering around like we're a couple. Everyone just assumes we're together because we're white. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. And then eventually we waved at this woman in a red tabard. I just I just put my hands up like a prayer. Just said, please. <laughs> and she laughed and let me through. Because on the tip I had, if I'd bunked it, I'd basically bunked a 40p fair two stops. Do you know what I mean? It weren't, it weren't right, like yeah. a great crime. Yeah, but yeah. yes, it was quite tiring being oh, in Korea. It's, got, it's a cool place though, but... Um, yeah. I think the odds are against me ever going to Korea, probably. Well... I can't... We'll see. See a scenario. We'll see. When we do our final episode, as I'm dying, we can go, just to recap, I didn't go to Korea. <laughs> okay, cool. Look forward to that. When yeah. do you want? About six years' time, is that? Your current, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the way I'm form. feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies for the Korea divergent and divergent. Is that right? Or is yeah, that a COVID term? I can't remember. A diversion. Diversion. Anyway, we'll be back to Tales from Parenting on Monday. Oh, I've got some big old tales. Oh, good. Got a tale about non-uniform day. Got a tale about a tooth coming out. Oh, and what about the kids? Here we go. Hey, here we go. Also, I've got a tale about a hangover that is one of the worst unjust things that's ever happened. (laughs) Okay. I love these good teasing, Josh. We'll do that on um, Tuesday, yeah? But for now, we've got an incredible guest, Finn Taylor. Absolutely brilliant. Trigger warning. There is discussion of premature birth and premature babies. Yes. Is that the way you say it? I think it probably is. It's quite a stressful story of the birth. But yeah, Finn Taylor, very funny and very interesting story. But yeah, if you're not up for a premature baby chat, probably give this one a swerve. Yeah. Go and listen to Acast and Gamble talking about naan bread or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is Finn Taylor. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Finn Taylor. Comedian... Hello. Parent coffee drinker. Yes, guilty on all fronts. Hand me in. <laughs> what, would you, what would you describe yourself as first? In order. Wreck, I'd say. I'd say sort of husk. <laughs> well, you do look a little bit wired today. Are you all right? Is it in a stressful day? Yeah. Well, it's because we're staying in a... We're having building work done because we brought a fixer-upper. Oh. <laughs> because my wife... Well, that's, that's the end of the sentence. Because my wife... <laughs> she likes that sort of thing. Put your own stamp on it. Yeah, yeah. I just quite like a place to sit down in. <laughs> the thing is, you're adding value, Finn. Have you heard the phrase adding value yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do with that phrase, that concept. We bought it just before the whole Ukraine thing. So we're now just kind of trying to level out the mortgage increases that are going to hit us next year. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, so it means that the commute to nursery is like... Oh, 35 minutes, 40 minutes in traffic. That was my life, Ben, for three years. So I'm getting up early, getting her in the car. I'm just like passing snacks back sort of constantly. So you're further away from the nurseries you were then now? Yeah, the nurseries at the end of our road where we live, but we're in Tooting for the time being while the work's happening. Where do you live? Sydenham. Oh, really close. Yeah, well, I'm close. Everyone's coming southeast. It's the future, isn't it? Yeah. 
great Sainsbury's you've got in Sydney? Supposedly the biggest in the southeast. Oh, it's like a stand at a football stadium. It's got a lint door pick and mix. <laughs> sushi? Wow. Yeah, sushi. It's an unbelievable Sainsbury's on a big round one-way system. I imagine the locals didn't take kindly to the sushi counter, Rob. I imagine your sort. So what's all this then, that kind of thing? Yeah, I think it was a bit like that. It just looked like a fishmonger having a breakdown. Just let him crack on. <laughs> don't know what he's up to. He's wrapping it in rice. Tiny bits of ice. I've got to go back to this lint pick and mix. <laughs> this is a Josh Widdicombe routine, if ever I saw one. <laughs> a lint door pick and mix in a Sainsbury's. Yeah. No, um, I'm excited. Who's coming in? The Sultan of Brunei. <laughs> <laughs> Wait there, let me get a pen and paper here. <laughs> so, how many different types of lint is there kicking around? Yeah. I'd probably say there are maybe seven or eight colours. Surely the red ones are lowest in stock. Do you think? I like the white. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell a place is going up in uh, value when the dark chocolate starts going. <laughs> <laughs> you know South East is getting gentrified because the fucking shit stuff is starting to sell. <laughs> It's quite fun thinking what your routine would be, Josh, because I think you could do... A... I don't know if it is. I think it's a character assassination. That's what it is, Rob. <laughs> no, because you could go, oh, is it like the king of Abu Dhabi? And then do yeah. a dib-dab. And like, bring back a bit of nostalgia with like a Abu yeah, Dib-dab. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no? yeah, what I do is a piece of piss. That's what we, that's what we get down to. It's fucking fish in a barrel. Choose an old thing. Take it apart. Put in a funny reference. Tour with your eyes. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I actually did go the wrong way. Finn, how are you? You all right? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm fine, actually, compared to Josh. Yeah, remarkably long fuse, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> That's why most guests leave happy on this show. <laughs> yeah. How old is your daughter? Well, listen, I've been saying 18 months for a few months now. Yeah, me too, yeah. <laughs> I really resent the months thing. In my head, it should go one, one and a bit. 18 months, nearly two, two. Yes. yes. You know when people, you say, oh, how old is he? And they're like 22 months. And you go, I don't actually care. Like, why are you, do you know what I mean? Well, it's normally because they say that because if they say two and a half and they're not at the developmental point they want them to be, they don't yeah. want you to think they're kids slow. Yeah. So I've just been fudging for a while. I think, <laughs> what is she? She'd be 20 months, but because she was premature, she's still actually 18 months technically. So I guess there is a bit of a fudge. It's like the aggregate away goals, this is. Yeah, it is. So how premature was she? Seven weeks. Fucking Nora. Bloody hell. Spicy entry. (laughs) Yeah, that is a spice. (laughs) That was the medical term. (laughs) Three chilies. Does the doctor turn to you and go, I'm afraid this is going to be a spicy entry? This is not a lemon and herb birth, I'm afraid, sir. This is going to be... This is Vesuvio. You're looking at at Diablo C-section. They had three chilies on the whiteboard, yeah. (laughs) So she has two ages until they're two, supposedly, where all the development, like, is caught up. So for the first seven weeks, you're like well that was a lot of fucking parenting to get to square one <laughs> yeah digging yourself out of a hole yeah we were in a neonatal unit for uh, yeah nearly two months Bloody fuck uh, hell so let's go for- let's go from contractions yeah didn't get to them didn't get to contractions so what happened no so my wife had a thing called preeclampsia Ooh. Which is, uh, have you had anyone on? Do you guys, you must be well versed in women's stuff. Preeclampsia, I've heard of it, but I don't think we've had a guest talk about it. We've covered Breville's extensively. Breville's? Yeah. Is that past 35 weeks? I don't, <laughs> I don't think we made it to Breville's. Yes, when they're overdue. Um, right, okay, you've got to get the Breville's. She's absolutely Breville'd out this one. Get a sweep in. Smoke them out. Yeah, so preeclampsia, well, they don't really know much about it because obviously it's women's medicine and yeah. uh, they sort of seem yeah. to concentrate on 
prostate cancer and veterinary science more than they yeah. do um, women's <laughs> medicine. But it's something to do with the placenta. Right. And it basically, the only cure is delivering the baby. Right. But Lucky she was pregnant then. Well, yeah. It would have been a real job to uh, <laughs> go back nine months or seven months as well. I mean, I would have done it. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, so she she just kind of starts swelling up. I mean, they missed it. The problem was that normally what happens is if you get preeclampsia, they like, they catch it because your blood mm. pressure goes up and then you're on bed rest basically while the baby mm. carries on growing and mm. then they deliver close to when term. But because they missed it, they still don't really know why. But anyway, she it was like, she was really swollen, like swollen face and ankles and hands. And how long for? Like for months? Well, or? no, she always had quite bad carpal tunnel with the hands. Yeah. yeah. Because it was the first pregnancy, I was like, well, women get big, don't they? So, I, I you know, you don't want to... You, <laughs> you, so you can't you bring wanna, it up. You already go, bloody hell, look at you. you, you go, yeah. You're glowing. You're glowing. <laughs> glowing. <laughs> you are three times the size, but you're glowing. More of a kind of Chernobyl glow than a, than a pregnancy <laughs> one, but I mean, it's fine, isn't it? You keep it to yourself. You're the hype man, aren't you? You've got to support them. Yeah. You know, it turns out there was something quite wrong with her. And we went for a, in hindsight, quite a bad idea. We went for a sort of little pre-baby holiday in Cornwall and then um, she had a funny turn I mean she was, she's also she's type 1 diabetic went to so Liscard instead of St Ives <laughs> there you go. oh lovely stuff Lindor's back um, <laughs> Lindor's back <laughs> he's back in the room this is his wheelhouse funny place names here I am yeah. thank you but I just want to let you know Finn was talking about diabetes as well though Josh it's quite serious actually that all point. got a bit serious but then <laughs> Lindor pops up he ultra hero that's why he's here He's just floating in the space like Thomas Muller. Yeah, the Plymouth punchliner. Can't stop be him. absent for ages and then bang. No, she's got type 1 diabetes, so like I just sort of called an ambulance. And then they sort of settled her. They said, sort of, she's fine. And then later that night, she just like started vomiting and her face was like... Oh, no. It was like a sort of, almost like an allergic shellfish kind of reaction. Her face was really puffed up. Yeah. So we drove to Truro Hospital and they were like, yeah, it's probably preeclampsia. And then they kind of stabilised her and then they were like, we'll let you go. Basically, they were like, do you live in Cornwall? We were like, no. And they were like, well... It's not the time to get into that debate about out-of-towners, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just down here looking at a few properties, actually, to buy to let. <laughs> so then they basically discharged us on the condition that we went straight back to King's, where we were. Fuck, so did you have to then just drive back that night? Like- uh, I drove back the next day... Eight hours without stopping, Muggins here. Oh, my God. That wasn't great. And then got her into King's and they did a bunch of tests. And so bear in mind, this is sort of, this is coming up to 33 weeks. Yeah. And then they were like, I was thinking, okay, so we'll be in the hospital for like a month and then they'll deliver. And then they came in and said, yeah, we're going to have a go tomorrow, actually. And I was like, have a go is quite a loose. <laughs> I was Lord. hoping we'd say we'd get her out, but have yeah. a go. All right. Have a go. Oh, we'll muck in. That's exactly what you need, isn't it? An eight-hour drive from Cornwall just before you have a premature baby had a go at. Have a go. Yeah. So, yeah, then they're like, we're going to go tomorrow because she's actually, she's quite unwell. And then that's when I opened my first parenting book was the night before. Yeah. Like I was sort of cramming before an exam. You thought you had seven weeks, didn't you? Well, yeah. I was like, we hadn't bought a pram or anything. It was, yeah. They delivered the next day. And were you worried about, did it feel like it was kind of scary? Yeah, but the whole thing was sort of to save Amanda's life as much as it was like a birth experience. Yeah. I haven't really worked out a way to talk about it. You know, when other parents are sort of sharing their birth war stories. Yeah. yeah. I don't really know how to talk about it in a way that doesn't kill the room. 
much like my act about five years yeah. ago. I haven't, <laughs> haven't, haven't quite ironed out the tone. Yeah. Obviously, because the first year was quite a lot that happened. And of everyone we know, we've had the um, toughest entry, as it were. So we're the yeah. ones that they use as an example when they want perspective. Yeah. <laughs> so, could be worse, could be them. So how did you get on with hypnobirthing? Could you breathe <laughs> yeah. the baby out? It is, it's difficult. I mean, obviously, men, you sort of learn to not really have an opinion on how women give birth, don't you? It's not really our place. But there's been a couple of times when friends or people have gone on about how they were annoyed at how medical their birth was and it wasn't the experience they wanted. And I'm just a bit like, I'm just going to have to leave. I, I, I don't really know yeah. what to... I just yeah. sort of get a bit angry yeah. because I don't really know how You're, to... Oh, I'm so sorry that you didn't feel like it was spiritual enough for you. But <laughs> yeah. I was sat there after an eight-hour drive like, you are going to die if we don't get the baby out yeah, and have exactly. a go tomorrow. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, fuck off. <laughs> I'm sorry they forgot to get yeah. your crystals out. It was, very, yeah. you it was very yeah. sterile, the hospital, wasn't it? I just, yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. They didn't even light a candle, you know. <laughs> The real stress was that I was trying to connect to the Bluetooth speaker for about 10 minutes. And then because it was an emergency C-section, I think you've only got 10 minutes to try and connect before they go, you know what, mate, let's get off on the music. Let's get on with it. Get the scrubs on, mate. I think I ended up playing Spotify out of my phone by Amanda's face. <laughs> great app choice, well, by the way. Great app choice. The perfect app choice, I'd say. Yeah. Oh, Christ, just an ACAST, shouldn't I? Should really throw the cat amongst the bridges. <laughs> No, weren't, weren't, weren't podding, weren't podding yeah. with music. Who listens to a podcast during birth? That's got to oh, be that's got to be third or fourth kid, you reckon, you're getting the podcast Yeah, yeah you're just not getting for your to-do list. You're on a Zoom call, pumping them out. <laughs> I found with the... Because we had an emergency caesarean, but not in as intense as circumstances, I suppose. Still pretty intense. But I was shocked by how medical the whole thing... Do you know what I mean? It felt like I was in a TV drama. Well, I wasn't expecting a shaman, Josh. <laughs> I wasn't expecting a sort of witch doctor to come in. Just a priest and a warm towel. <laughs> well, maybe we should have stayed in Cornwall. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? They were great in that hospital, but they were a bit like, where's that fucking insulin? I knew I put it somewhere. <laughs> I was like, we should really go back to Kings. They're great here, but it is, you know, it's a different system, isn't it? <laughs> it's just a different way of life down there, isn't it? Also, if your wife had given birth in Truro, because you say you're in for two months, would you have been living in Truro for two months? Different places have set up differently for prematurity, so we might have gone to Bristol or something. I don't really know. But King's is like one of the best in the, well, maybe yeah. world, I don't know. So Yeah, it's got a specialist unit. We had to go to King's on our second one because Lou's placenta wasn't basically giving the baby enough stuff it was only operating yeah. like 50 percent. our two daughters were underweight when they were born so they were five pound ten and six pound five but would have well, been I, probably... I don't i don't want to jump you but um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well mine was three pound six um minus my... <laughs> yeah yeah big job about two months for a big job so three pound six yeah about the size of my hand oh so, my yeah. god yeah <laughs> It's the one Trump card I've got, though, so I will play it. Well, you know, because I think there's a lot of worry with premature. We'll get back to sort of like the chronological order of it all. But like a lot of worry about like premature births and stuff. And as they get older, will they be as big or as strong or whatever with different complications? But like there's so many people like Tyson Fury was a pound when he was born. 
And he's like yeah, six yeah, foot yeah. nine heavyweight yeah. champion of the world. So it's no rhyme or reason to it that if a child's premature, these things will happen or won't happen. But um, I've already booked my daughter to fight Deontay Wilder, actually. I've, <laughs> I've booked the MGM Grand. <laughs> it's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. And so, did you know that you were looking down the barrel of two months in the hospital at this point or no it was very much just like let's get to the next thing let's yeah. make sure amanda's all right well, you just want to make sure amanda's alive and the baby's out and alive you know that's the the yeah. weird thing is that like at the time it really is just like let's make sure amanda's all right yeah and then as the kind of connections grown stronger with my daughter the memory almost becomes more traumatic in like looking back than it was at the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So looking back, it's more painful because do you feel guilty that you didn't, not that you didn't care about the baby. You were just so like, oh, is Amanda okay? Because at this point the baby's not existed. It's just a thing in the belly. Exactly. It's weird that at the time it wasn't that traumatic from the baby side of it. But then the more the baby becomes like the main thing in your life, the more you look back on it as a sort of traumatic memory, even though it wasn't at the yeah, time. Yeah. But also, you can't think like that. Everything's a sliding doors moment. So, and she's happy and absolutely insane now, <laughs> the baby. So it's a very happy outcome. But um, the seven weeks, seven weeks in neonatal. So how, sorry to stop you, Finn. We'll get onto the neonatal seven-weeker. It's like doing a, a summary malia. You know what I mean? There's seven weeks <laughs> But how, so when Amanda gets taken off to have the baby taken out and to like readjust her blood pressure and all that kind of stuff, what are you thinking? What news are you waiting for from the doctors? Like, It's a normal, like, cesarean. So I'm with her. And she's conscious. She's awake and just been anaesthetized for the way. Yeah, but fuck me. They had several goes at the old spinal tap. Well, that was painful to watch. Oh, yeah, the epidural. Thing. They were letting a um, trainee do it. Not now. It's not. We're not in Truro now. <laughs> Get the old fucking big boy on Whoever it is He's a big dog here The anaesthetist was like Come on now You can have another go And I was like Come on lads Let's just get it Get it in clean Would you I know so you've um, got to learn At some point But not on my wife <laughs> What was weird Was that They took the baby out Delivered the baby And then I went over to the She got put on a um, Resuscitation table They make sure she's fine I then go over And like take some photos To go and show Amanda then the baby stops breathing. So I get like ushered away and they like resuscitate oh the baby. Oh God. Fucking elfin. Yeah, yeah. But then uh, I think it was anaesthetist was so brilliant at talking us through like, oh, there's a lot of people in the room. Like, there's a big alarm going off. Loads of people came in, but she was fine. How long were they working on her when she... Oh, I don't know. Maybe five to 10 minutes. Bloody hell. God. But we were being talked through it all the time. Like, yeah. There's a lot of people, but they know what they're doing and it's fine. So they weren't panicked and they didn't... They have a crash alarm for like, everyone needs to be in this one room. Yeah. Oh, it's almost like, I don't know, fire department or anything. They just yeah, they yeah. pros. And the mad thing was after it was all fine, so she then, she's in an incubator and she's like, we sort of say hello to her through the class and then she gets whisked off to the unit. 
I'm obviously in bits saying thank you to the guy that did it. And he looks at me like he works at McDonald's and, I, and he's just giving me fries. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how to thank you. And he's like, what? And I'm like, because it's just their job. It's their job. And I'm in absolute pieces. And then oh. they stitch up Amanda and I just go and absolutely just break down. Oh. But then we can't go and see the kid for a, it was a few hours, I think. Oh. So Amanda lost... This is the funny thing is because um, obviously, so when we were in the unit, a lot of people had had cesareans, a lot of women had cesareans and they were crocked. They completely yeah. feel rubbish. But because Amanda had felt so ill beforehand, she basically vomited all the excess liquid because all the swelling in her like face had been liquid. Yeah. Oh, right. She vomited it all up in the space of about half a day. <laughs> I think she lost like 15 kilos in like the first three days. So she looked amazing. Like she's <laughs> incredible and she felt amazing as well and she was kind of swanning around the unit like obviously she's in a wheelchair for a bit but all, all the other mums were like completely broken she was like I feel like so alive she I felt amazing. so bad she yeah. felt so like near death for ages for like, oh, the last bless few her. weeks and she's just thinking oh this is just pregnancy this is what it feels like but because she's well, never had a kid know. yeah yeah you're just like swelling up and you google it and they go well that happens in the third trimester so you're waiting the baby's been whisked off for a couple of hours and you're just, I imagine, constantly asking, is, is she okay? Well, because Amanda's diabetic, we always knew we'd have quite a medical birth. And I just kind of trust doctors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm not one of those people who tries to micromanage. Yeah. Doctor. You know, I just like believe what they say. Yeah, so so what's going on I'm, in that neonatal unit? Is it all sort of plugged in, is yeah. it? So that, that goes in there, does it? You that, sure? What, like- is that glass been cleaned recently? <laughs> yeah, I just let it get on with it. Yeah. And just sort of trusted that they were taking care of it. And then... The main thing was that for me then was that Amanda was fine. Yeah, yeah. It must be nice for you, a bit of a relief that she's fine now and got all this out of her and she's looking good and healthy and happy. It must be a relief for you because you're thinking she's her life was a threat, really. Well, yeah, it was. That's why they went so quickly. And then you just sort of, when a baby's born, it's I don't know what it's like for this sort of, quote, normal birth, but, I mean, you've got to get to know it slowly anyway. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So we just did that, I guess, in a different way. And so when did they say... I presume they didn't say you're going to have to stay in for two months, but when did they say you're staying in for a while? I think it was the next day. Oh, maybe I went up later that night. Was this during COVID? I'll tell you when it was exactly, mate, because I remember watching your video with you in your bucket hat. Oh. It was during the Euros. <laughs> oh, was it? Fucking hell. So they'd let the handbrake off. So there was loads of cases. And yeah. yet, obviously, in the NATO unit, they're like, you can't get it because some yeah. of the kids don't have lungs. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> so like, like you're allowed to laugh at that because your kid's been in the neo. No, yeah, I can laugh at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't laugh. Yeah, it was like tests every day and all that stuff. So you can't just what's swan in and out. It's quite. But also, it was like I could work again for the first time in two years, but then I, I couldn't because it yeah. was like, yeah, if I get it, then Amanda gets it. Amanda can't go in and feed and all that. Oh, and God, we knew yeah. parents who got it and then couldn't go in for ten days, which is like massive. So you testing before you go in all the time and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I went up that night and said hello. And like held her hand and stuff and kind of got talked through by one of the doctors was like, right, you, you need to get nappies and wipes. And yeah. they get you really involved um, in parenting and stuff and talk you through everything. And they were like, they're normally in till about when they would have come out normally. So we knew it was going to be like six, seven weeks. So she was happy and healthy, the baby, but just obviously young. She couldn't go home with you yet. So it's like there are three wards. There's intensive care, which is like scary or like, you know those server rooms you see in action films? Like yeah. Just racks of yeah. machines and huge incubators. Yeah. 
But nowadays, 33 weeks isn't that premature. Like there were kids in there like 25 weeks. Wow. Um, okay, I don't know. It's mental what they can do now. So they were actually quite good at being like, oh, you're not going to be in here very long. Yeah. And I think quite quickly we got moved down to high dependency, which is like quite a lot of equipment, but less. And then I think maybe within two days we were in special care, which to be honest is like a fucking zoo. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's like these babies and they're in fucking plastic tubs on like wheelie trolleys. Oh, and there's like 12 of them. And that's where anyone comes in when they need like anything after yeah. a birth. Yeah. So you've got kids like ours who was quite premature, but healthy, but just needed to put on weight. Yeah. And then you've got, there was this one day where obviously because we were in this one room for like six weeks. Oh, what, so the actual special care room, so like that twelve beds and baby. Well, they're not beds; they're fucking washing up tubs. Honestly, you know. Like, so you're not. You, so you don't get a bed; you just get a chair next to it, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So you're like commuting. It's like a nine to five. There was this one day where there was this kid who had been born, and they were like, I think maybe the mum had, had gestational diabetes. Or, anyway, it was used to getting sugar in the womb that it needed to be weaned off. Right. And this kid was massive. It was like too fat to be in a premature baby unit. I don't want to body shame, but. No. <laughs> and it was next to our daughter and it just fucking screamed at the top of its lungs. And the good thing about premature babies is they've got crap lungs. So they don't make that much of a noise when they scream. Yeah. But this fucker honestly would not stop going. I had to leave. Oh, I, no. The worst thing about the unit was the other babies and the other yeah. parents. That's yeah. the worst thing about well, That's it. the worst thing about being a parent. Yeah, it's other parents. Strap in. Yeah. So we were stuck in like the sort of least intense room for yeah. ages, seeing like people come and go. Yeah. Like quite a lot. Yeah. So they'll be in there for like a couple of days for something and then go again. Yeah. Yeah. And so what was your day involving? Oh, Christ. I mean, it was just get up, get in the car. So you'd leave the baby overnight and then just go there all day. Yes. Sometimes I go there at night, but then to be honest, it's like. You've got to be kind to yourself. This brutal, yeah. like long days, and there's no point you. Yeah. The baby needs to sleep and just fatten up. There's only so much. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're basically just trying to establish feeding because there's a minimum weight to get out. So, how are they fed? Is it all bottle fed or is it breastfed when they're that little? We did both. Amanda really wanted to breastfeed and she fucking stuck at it. It was brutal. It took ages to establish, but she really wanted it. She did it, which was great. But we. They do bottle as well because mm. obviously when you're not there overnight, got, yeah, yeah, got to fatten them up, got to fatten them up, and we're still actually on a fattening up diet now because she's tracking, but she's still like small for her age, yeah. And they gave us this leaflet of like what you do to fatten a kid up, and Christ, I'm not eating mozzarella again. It turns out that's the thing you eat if you want to fatten up mozzarella, creme fraiche. We're lacing that in everything, really? yeah, 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 double cream and everything, yeah, double cream, creamy girl. I tell you what, though, the problem you're going to have, once your kids reach the right weight, they're going to have a taste for it. It's going to be very difficult that, where the fuck's my double cream? Yeah. Fully aware we're sleepwalking into an obesity crisis, fully aware of that. <laughs> we're out of for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> but when you've seen them be so small, you sort of don't really care, I guess. I don't know. What a story. And so you're on tour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all funny stuff. It's all material, isn't it, guys? You know what they say. It's all material. <laughs> what is it, what's the tour called? We might as well do the tour. Uh, it's called Daddy Self Care. My last tour was kind of just after the we got home, and that's on YouTube. That's called So My Wife. So I've got stuff about the birth. That's on YouTube. But yeah, the new tour is more about just because she's a toddler now. And as I yeah. said, very lucky. She's very healthy and very happy, but fucking hell. New challenge, really, isn't it? <laughs> 
she's at the stage where she needs to go into a soft play, but she is not able yet to do the soft play properly. Yeah. So I'm getting in there. And yesterday, Tooting Leisure Centre, I felt, I sort of felt like... <laughs> Tooting Leisure Centre. It sounds like the start of a joke. Was it Tooting Leisure Centre? Imagine sort of Richard Osman doing those Vietnam War tunnels tour. <laughs> I'm 6'3", and I'm getting in there and like... That's brutal, isn't it, following him? Christ. And then there was this oh, yeah. four-year-old that was like just obsessed with her. I just ended up just letting her sort of drag her around and she had her arms under my daughter's armpits and was like hauling her like she was a sort of battlefield <laughs> casualty around, <laughs> around the soft play. But I just sort of had a coffee and let them let her get on with it. And she's in nursery. Yes, three days a week. Three days a week. Are you good with the other parents? Yeah. I mean, we've made friends with parents on our road and they're really nice. Amanda's very sociable. I'm always like, let's just leave it five minutes. There could be pricks. Let's just let's just <laughs> Don't agree to it. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How are you managing the tour, though, being away and looking after the baby and stuff? Is it hard work or is it all right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's what it is. We try to plan the tour around, like, when she's in nursery. The other day I did Cardiff and then I had to get up at five, drive to Dorking, where Amanda's parents live, like, at 5 a.m. to do a full day's childcare, then did Dorking that night because <laughs> the building work started and we couldn't stay in the flat we're in now. Yeah, I mean, you know, it just, it's just fucking, life's just fucking shit for a bit, isn't it? I mean, I, I yeah. just, I don't, know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how to say it. I was to say, you just get on with it, don't you? How quickly did you stop feeling blessed after the hell of the birth and stuff? <laughs> how quickly did this perspective that gave you disappear? I think it was just one parent in particular that really started to fuck me off in the unit. I think when she joined, that was when I was like, this is, this is a nightmare. So why was she annoying? She just sort of treated the whole unit like it was her private ward and stuff. And there were these breastfeeding chairs that were like gold because you were just sitting on shit like school chairs. And obviously you're doing like skin to skin. So you're like, it's just really painful because. Yeah. yeah. But then there was just like amazing kind of like, you know, Joey and Chandler and friends, those big like. Yeah. yeah. Like an easy boy. Yeah. Yeah. They're like those. She just always hogged those. <laughs> She knocked her like a box off her incubator and it nearly hit my daughter who's about four pounds at this stage. You know, just just shit like that. Anyway. I'd hate all the big kids. Cause all you want is yeah. your kid to be heavier and stronger and yeah. full so they yeah, can leave. Yeah, yeah. And then this big fucking beast comes in. You yeah. know, like, what's wrong with that one? Walks down the aisle with a packet of creme fraiche and a mozzarella in each hand. <laughs> yeah. She needs to get used to it. If she's going to take on Deontay, so it's it's all right. <laughs> I'll go through your live shows um, so you can see Daddy's self care tour in Manchester, nineteenth of March. Right? Manchester yeah. Frog and Bucket, nineteenth of March. Twenty third of March, Norwich Playhouse. Twenty sixth of March, Belfast. Sixteenth April, Sheffield, Cambridge, Aldershot, Winchester, McKenthliff. How do you say that? McKenthliff. McKenthliff. London extra show at the Leicester Square Theatre, Liverpool hot water comedy, and then Birmingham a new show at the Glee Club. So you're all over the place. And we're adding an extra one in Liverpool as well, but that's not on sale yet. How's your sleep? Fine. 
incubator babies. I think they, I think there's, I don't know if it's an old wives' tale, but they sleep, don't they? Oh, do they? Well, yeah. And I think she's very sociable. I think that's because she was passed around a lot, different nurses and stuff. Right. It is leading to some problems now in that, like at a play group, she just sort of goes up to other kids and just strokes their face. And then like, we'll sort of- That is sociable. I know, but it's quite like, I'm often the only dad. And then I don't really know what the boundaries are. Because I think you like being a dad, Finn, but I think you hate most people anyway, don't you? That's sort of your thing. Well- And then now you're being forced into socialising with your daughter. Yes, no, that is that is an element of it. <laughs> <laughs> but she causes quite a lot of incidents at right. soccer oh, play because she? she'll go and like play with someone's toy while they're playing with it, and then just sort of potter off and leave this poor yeah. child in absolute. You know, so she's a thief. Hysterics. I don't call that an incident. I call that <laughs> robbery. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, she's a criminal. <laughs> a lot of premature babies are thieves, Rob. That's an old wives' tale. Yeah, it's probably from their time in the incubator, actually. So yeah, think about yeah. that. Next time you moan about our very stressful birth. What, five pounds, was it? Five pounds? Yeah, no, fine. Fat baby, if anything. Fat baby. Three pounds, my one, thank you. Yes, no, but she's always been a fairly good sleeper, apart from when she's ill, which obviously she's always oh, ill. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's awful when kids are ill. I foot and mouth. Have you heard that? Yeah, Bru- I've heard brutal. that. Brutal. Oh, no, it's a horrible. It's awful. Brutal. My mouth. I yeah. just pull out of a gig, citing foot and mouth. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I had sores on my tongue and in my mouth. Yeah, I know. I've still got scarring on the back of my throat. What was you doing to that cow's foot? (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, I was gigging, because I was getting the hour together, so I was doing the circuit quite hard, and then I would get up early because the kid, like, I just didn't get time to recover. So those sores were just, like, painful for, like, two or three months. It was grim. It's so funny when you say, like, oh, I can't come into work, so I've got foot and mouth. You'll have people go, what? Or, yeah, cool, I did it last week. See you later. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? And it comes back. I find the mouth sores, I have them recurring now occasionally when I'm really run down. That's it. I've got foot and mouth forever. Life, yeah, chronic foot and mouth. (laughs) Chronic, like long foot and mouth. (laughs) Long foot and mouth. (laughs) Is that why you're on last leg? Is that the thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Long (laughs) Long foot foot and mouth. mouth. Yeah, Alex is talking about the 50 surgeries he has as a child and Josh is like, yeah, I've got a couple of sores in the back of my tongue, actually, from all that sharp wit. Yeah, you can have tank pasta because I can't. So there's yeah. positives for both of us. You're a Lindor guy, as we've heard from the routine. Oh, I can't wait to get to Sydenham Sainsbury's, mate. You're never going to go to Sydenham Sainsbury's, are you? If I was passing, I might go in. Because I've seen the mint ones and I've thought I've always wanted to try them, but I'm not sure I want to buy a full pack. Move out to the suburbs, Josh. There's a world of fun out there. I'm not going to move out to the suburbs. I've still got an edge. I've still got an edge. Where do you live, Josh? Is that Victoria Park? Some of them like overpriced croissant places. Overpriced croissant places. What's that weird little kind of, there is a sort of weird, almost Cotswold village in the middle of, what's it called? Is that where you live? The weird little, yeah, not weird. Yeah. Sorry, it's it is weird, a bit weird. Like, isn't it? It's yeah. a bit strange, isn't it? In the middle of London. I tell you what you don't say. You don't call it a village to black cab drivers. They do not like that. They do not like that. No, but do you know what it's like though? Well, the area where Josh lives, you remember play Grand Theft Auto and you drive for an area and it'd be like a Latino gang area where everyone yeah. in that area has got like a Hawaiian shirt and a gun. Yeah. That's what East London's like where you drive through and it's sort of like normal London, like big cosmopolitan, different cultures, different things. And then you get through his bit, it's just those of middle class white people with glasses with their yeah. chinos rolled up, bright coloured socks. <laughs> so that's the bit on GTA that you start going on the pavement, Robert. Yeah, that's yeah, the bit that's where you just yeah. start mowing people down. Yeah. <laughs> 
feel the gales is bringing the area down. That's how we're... Wow. I know, wow. exactly. That's a wow. bit too corporate for these guys. Yeah, Christ. come on, guys. These right-on guys are pricing out all the people that grew up in that area so they well, can swat around the bar. Let's not go into that. <laughs> so, Ben, um, I think we've done that. Sleep. <laughs> Ah, Finn versus the internet. You wanted an edge, Josh. I wanted an edge. That is your edge. Metropolitan elite pricing out all the locals. My edge is that I'm basically the human embodiment of the cereal cafe. Is that what you're saying? Yes, you've done a reverse Cornwall. Normally, people from London earn their money and go to Cornwall and buy it all up. He did it the other way. You've got to be doing cereal cafe stuff, Josh. That's 10 years ago. <laughs> you go through all the cereals or the American ones, that's 20 minutes. Yeah, he sits on routine, so he's not outdated. It's just nostalgia. Yeah. I've got my 2036 tour already written. I tell you that from Britain. <laughs> he's got loads of stuff on a street cat called Bob. You seen the guy, the cat on his neck? I was going to talk about him versus the internet on YouTube, but fine, let's just take down my everything I've done with my. No, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's should plug it. I do love it, Finn. What I like about it, it's so bloody topical. I just don't know how you do it. <laughs> Look, explain what this is for the listener. It's been interviewing people I've never seen before in my life. They're internet people. Yeah, they're like, they've got big followings, but no one really knows who they are. It's this weird, like... It's your YouTube channel, Finn versus the internet. Yeah, it's really funny. It's a bit, if anyone's seen Between Two Ferns, it's a similar, or like sort of almost like Ali G-esque kind of stuff. And how much do they know what they're going into? Well, the first series, they were there under false pretenses, and there are several we're not allowed to release for legal reasons, but then... You the, who they are. No. But <laughs> then the, this series, obviously, they'd seen the show, but what we found is they're always surprised. They're never ready for it. They always think, yeah, yeah, no, we get what it'll be like, but then they're always surprised by kind of how, how far we push it. I'm always amazed when people agree to come on it. I don't really know what's in it for them, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's really funny. It's doing really well. And was this idea of doing a YouTube channel and YouTube comedy on top of your live stuff a bit of a kickback of like, oh, I've got a kid now. I can't be bothered to drive to Dundee. It wasn't so much that. It was that like I was doing bits of TV. I mean, compared to you guys, I haven't done that much telly, but I guess compared to the average circuit comic, I've done loads. And it wasn't really selling tickets. Now, it's all selling really well. But it's well, I talked to them afterwards. It's all YouTube, TikTok. Yeah, yeah. But it was more like, oh, I've got to do something. It was just like, I, I don't... Doing this. Well, yeah. And do you find this is the thing that you're most known for, even though you both have like recurring TV jobs? I'd say Romesh is the thing that we're both most known for, even though I don't work with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, do you know what it is? It depends on the person. But there's, I think I get stopped about the podcast the most. Then maybe Rob and Romesh. And then, weirdly, celebs go dating by blokes that go, I fucking hate all that shit, but my wife makes you watch it, so he only watched that one that you slag off them on all in. I've got a lot of cab drivers that like celebs go dating, except my wife forces them to watch it. It is interesting though, isn't it, that like it has moved so much away from the power of television, like the exposure in that sense. Yeah, it's mental and it's kind of disorientating because I think I started probably maybe just after you guys, certainly like just after you guys. Yeah. Mm. And back then it was like... Panel show central. Yeah, Kevin Bridges does five minutes on BBC One and pretty immediately is like moving to theatres. Yeah. I mean, that world's completely gone, hasn't it? I don't think there's anything that really breaks you nah. unless you, it's your own thing, really. I mean, the closest I've had is when I did the NFL thing. Oh, that was funny. Even though I'd done Apollo and the News for you, that was the thing that kind of shot my followings up and stuff. But just for people that didn't see it, you went on a kind of 
they do NFL, well, not what outlay, whatever it's called, the Tottenham Stadium and stuff in London. Yeah. American TV were doing a live broadcast in front of the Thames, <laughs> I think it was, wasn't it? It's one of the biggest breakfast shows in America, it turns out. I found this out afterwards. What was it on, like NBC or something? It's on the NFL Network. <laughs> on the um, NFL Network. Yeah. And why had you been invited on? Basically, I, I'd done a job for the production company off the back of doing Montreal years ago. Yeah. And then I think they only found out they were coming to London like the week before. And they were like, well, who do we know? And they just called me. I thought it would be a big payday because it's like, well, the NFL is massive. Yeah. And then my agent stayed on the call and then informed me that they only pay people in exposure. So I thought, well, fuck that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll do it, but I'll make sure I get paid. Yeah, bring so, up the mortgage company. Guys, got a bit of exposure, actually, if you want to yeah. know. be enough to weather the interest in <laughs> So I kind of went on and they, and they, I didn't really plan it to work out how it did, but they were just so American and skittish. They were like, oh, so... NFL is great over here, right? And I was like, no, the people no, well, that like it, people that like it are really weird, and they can't hold down a job because they're up till three in the morning watching <laughs> fucking Baltimore Beavers or whatever it's called. Oh, it's so funny. They don't know what to do, do they? Yeah, they hated me. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny. But that's the thing. You almost have to play TV for the internet now, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Play it for the clip. Exactly. Yeah, I find like I've got incredible like respect with the, in that, and it's the same with film versus the internet. I have no guts to do anything in the room where I feel like, are you nervous when you're taking the piss in that situation? Not really. No, I don't really care. Is that bad? No, I think it's great. I think it's fucking brilliant. I wish I had that. I don't really think it matters. I mean, if I piss off at an American ex-NFL player, I don't, as long as it's not OJ Simpson, there's not going to be any ramifications. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't really mind. You brought him um, up as well on the uh, broadcast. Twice, didn't you? twice. twice the second so. time really broke him. The second time really broke him. No, Finn versus Internet is a bit different because it is a bit of like, like I got the idea because I'd done a pilot with Sasha Baron Cohen's company. So I kind of saw how they make like Borat and stuff. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to sort of do that, but with internet people. And so I try and you start a bit slow and a bit like, unless they're really up for it, in which case you just start quite hardcore. But no, you try and get them on the side a bit or try to ease them in. And then most of the edit is like from 20 minutes in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's the thing that sort of sells the tickets. But what if that going viral and getting a following online is, if you do get in the room and like you know how to do stand-up, you've got your show, you've got to deliver a show, that's the way to build it. You have to do something that gets them in the room for the first time. So when you go to like Dorking or Aldershaw or whatever and you've got 100 people in a room where we all start from, then yeah. proof is in the pudding. And if you smash it, nothing beats word of mouth. Exactly. And once I go on and say, do you remember Space Raiders? I'm in bad next Putty in your hands. <laughs> Silly putty in your hands. If you remember that computer game. <laughs> Lovely. There we go. <laughs> you can't stop the non-stop gobstoppery. The tour before I started like putting myself out there, I was like going through theatres and in the big room, there'd be like a, some TikTok twat <laughs> and they would have sold like 500 tickets but the show is pretty yeah but at least I know how to put on a show so the problem is getting them in the room but once you get them in the room I know they'll come back yeah know how to do it so no it's great this tour's great I've loved it I mean um Things are slightly more, well, they're not settled at home. It's complete bin fire, but, um, you know. It's actually quite nice to be away. It is. I'm extending it as long as possible. <laughs> Let's do Australia. <laughs> do you think you'll go again, though, for a second, or do you think you've got a bit scarred from your experiences? Amazingly, my wife pretty much straight away was like, she's always wanted multiple kids. And a friend of my mum's had pretty much what we went through, and it put her off. She only had one kid. Yeah. But Amanda was 
no, pretty much straight away. It was like, it is what it is, you know. So if you have it before, is it likely you'll get it again? And can you spot it and treat it? There is a 20% increased risk of it happening again, yeah. but they wouldn't miss it again. Yes, of course. If we got pregnant again. so If they hadn't missed it, how would that scenario have played out, if that makes sense? You'd have still been premature, presumably. But- no, I think if they hadn't missed it, they would have put Amanda on bed rest and like basically controlled her blood pressure Right, right. Well, maybe, actually. I don't know. It's always a trade-off between how well the baby's doing versus how well the mum's doing. And is bed rest in the hospital or is bed rest? Yes, I think so. It's like you're you're in, basically monitored. Until the baby comes out and that's dependent on... Well, they'd probably still do a caesarean, but they'd do it, I guess they'd probably do it near a term. I don't really know. You don't know, you're making it up, fair enough. I'm blagging. I'm blagging it. You're in for two months where your wife's in on bed rest. You're looking after the kids and having to go into the hospital every day and you're on tour. And you're also having to go at Jack Mate in an online video <laughs> all in one day. Busy. Busy day. Busy. Busy day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so final question now, Finn. Um, what is one thing that winds you up about Amanda and the way she parents that if she listened back to this, you go, yeah, that's fair enough. And those, what's the one thing she does that you think... She is amazing. I'm so happy that we had a child together. I like how you've changed this question because I listened to a couple of episodes of this and it was like, what's the thing that fucks you off about your partner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, they'd yeah. always say, oh, well, she's great. And then you go, well, that goes without saying. It fucking doesn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, mums, they always love being taken for granted. <laughs> so Amanda's very, she's such a people person. She's so like, she's got so much energy, sets alarms on holiday, that kind of thing. Right, <laughs> sure. Whereas I'm much more like, we might not like these people, you know, let's <laughs> yeah. not make plans for them straight away. <laughs> but I guess that's a good thing. I mean, when, when the baby wouldn't sleep, I'm a bit more like, just let her cry. She'll sort herself out. Amanda's a bit more interventionist than me. But, you know, I mean, that's kind of horses for courses, really. I mean, yeah, I guess the main thing is that she's ended up making some friends that she's now trying to row back because she's too friendly off the bat. So that, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Speaking quite earnestly, she she's kind of the only person that's been through what we went through. So it's kind of the only real person that I can talk to about it. Yeah. And she also has a similar outlook. She's just remarkably unfazed and yeah. just kind of yeah. like very happy, you know. I do sort of think you can't really control what happens to you, but you can control how you react to it. And so she's great at that. You know, it's not just the premature stuff. I mean, not to throw this in at the end, but the baby had sepsis twice as well. Oh, God. But that, but fine. That's another podcast. That's fine. That's all fine. My daughter had it three times, actually. Yeah. Three lots. <laughs> so just, no, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the first year was quite, quite spicy, but um, <laughs> it's a real, a real madras of a first, first, first year. year but, absolutely. Um, Full fire chili. Yeah, yeah. She's brilliant at kind of seeing the funny side and brushing it off and you know oh, it is amazing. Weird. she absolutely loves the muffin break in Lewisham A&E shout out to Lewisham A&E we've been there a lot but the muffin break the cafe in Lewisham Hospital best fucking muffins in London <laughs> okay good we'll check it out get the lint around the corner South East London really is starting to get yeah. a it's flying yeah. Josh it's flying yeah, cheers Finn this has been brilliant if there's anything else you want to chuck in grenade at the end about... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's sepsis, prematurity, 
yeah, that's probably about it. Busy yeah. 18 months for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, t- well, t- 20 months to be precise. Rob, let's be precise about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it's been brilliant. And good luck on the tour. Get your tickets. Yeah, hopefully people won't just come up to you and say, I saw your YouTube videos. They go, I came because I loved you talking about premature babies for 20 minutes. They are going to have quite a shock if they think the show is going to be as earnest as I've been at times. <laughs> I think watch the NFL clip and that'll be a bit more like your show than yeah, this yeah. episode. Yeah, watch the YouTube show and then it'll be a happy medium between the two, I reckon. Brilliant, Finn. Thank you very much. Good luck with the tour, mate, and the uh, YouTube. Cheers. Cheers, bye. Bye. 